This is the Defender Radio News Brief. Hi folks, I'm Michael Howie and this is Defender Radio, the podcast for wildlife advocates and animal lovers, brought to you by the Fur Bears. As you may have already noticed, I'm trying something a little different this week. I spent the weekend at PodCamp Toronto, a great place full of great podcasters who share knowledge and ideas, and I got inspired. I know many of you love hearing the full in-depth interviews I post, but sometimes you just want a brief, a more traditional radio interview edited down to its core parts. For the coming weeks, I'll be producing and releasing short briefs like this from my interviews, no more than five to seven minutes in length. Don't worry, though. The full interview episodes you're used to hearing on Monday will still be released, just push back to Wednesday. If you receive the Defender Radio email blast, your emails will be coming Wednesdays as well. You can sign up at thefurbears.com updates. This additional effort is made possible by our patrons at patreon.com slash defenderradio. More on that in the full-length episode coming this Wednesday. Raccoons are on the move. Whether you're in an urban center like Hamilton or Vancouver, or have forests or farmlands as your backyard, the mass critters are likely making more appearances, as well as interesting sounds in your community. I connected with Kara Cantardi of Urban Wildlife Care, a wildlife rehabilitation center in Grimsby, Ontario, to talk raccoons. Why we're seeing raccoons right now is a routine matter of biology, Kara said. This is breeding time. So they start breeding between January and, and even June. They're, they're starting to get into dens and they're, they're getting ready to have babies. That kind of movement means that babies can be expected relatively soon. The gestation is about 63 days. A female raccoon, she'll go industrious at about 10 months of age. If, if she doesn't get pregnant, then that's when you get late-season babies because she'll go into estrus um, again four months later, and then you'll get those late-season babies. So a lot of people, like normally we get all babies in March, and we'll start getting them in April too, and, and then sometimes we'll get baby raccoons even in June. And they can have up to one to seven kits, but usually the average is four. A story about a rabid raccoon chasing a man and biting him in Toronto made a few online headlines recently. And thanks to social media, it spread quickly. But it turns out the story wasn't accurate. A frustration for those who care for raccoons, especially as it ignores some successes in the city. What's the whole story to this? So to put the big R word out there, especially when it has to do with Toronto, and as far as I'm concerned, I, I really don't think there's been a documented case of rabies in Toronto yet. So if you're putting the R word out there when it comes to Toronto, yeah, you know what? That's, that's, that's crap. If it's not the truth, you're fear-mongering. And let's talk about Toronto. I mean, there's one raccoon for every 200 people. I mean, Toronto is known as the city of raccoons. These people are learning how to coexist peacefully with the raccoons and how to deal with their situations. They've even gone as far as to develop uh, organic bins that are, you know, raccoon-proof. They actually put the money into that because they realize that they have to live amongst these creatures and coexist uh, amongst them because they have just as much right to be there as we do. It's just, it's, it's horrible because, like, like I said, as far as I know, there hasn't been any documented cases of rabies in Toronto yet. When to help orphaned or injured animals like raccoons is a subject that wildlife rehabilitators speak of regularly. And compassionate individuals who want to help the animals themselves is something that Kara and others are pretty quick to respond to, as you can tell from this section of our interview. Speaking of babies, something that comes up every year that I see 
is people who see an injured animal and bring it into their home to nurse it back to health and release it. Don't what touch them. Oh. <laughs> you didn't let me ask the question yet. Call us first. Please, dear God, you know, do not take it upon yourself. And I don't care if you were raised on a farm and, and you've raised millions of raccoons before. With what we're dealing with and the diseases, I cringe when I hear people that, that tell me about raccoons that have been raised uh, in their homes and, and they're, they're using their cat's litter boxes. And please don't feed it. Please don't find the urge to feed it. It's typical for a human being to want to feed something when they find it. You don't know what the situation is with, with that uh, individual that you have in your hands. Um, you don't know if their nose is plugged from, from dirt. You don't know if, in which case, they would aspirate. You don't know what to look for if it's cold. Um, none of its organs are going to be working properly. So it's going to aspirate. You're going to kill it anyway. So call a professional always. And, and, you know, we'll arrange for pickup to get it into a wildlife rehabilitation facility. This is the bottom line. That's why we do what we do. You know, we love what we do. We love the animals that we care for and the birds that we care for and such. Um, and we will guide you to the best of our ability to help you uh, get through that situation. You can find out more about Urban Wildlife Care at urbanwildlifecare.com. Subscribe to the show on your podcast listening app or channel and sign up for email updates at thefurbears.com slash updates to get notified when the full interview episode is online later this week. Thanks for listening to this Defender Radio News Brief. I'm Michael Howie, reminding you to stay informed and stay strong. <laughs>